This is part of a series that walks readers through how to read, interpret, and apply the book of Daniel. This is a quick study, meaning it's only designed to help you better understand what the read, interpret, apply methodology is. It's not a substitute for a read, interpret, apply book, or reading the Bible and digging into a commentary on your own. So, with that, let's get into Daniel chapter 4. First, do a historical reading. Think about the original context and audience of this passage. Take notes on the things in this chapter that stand out to you historically, culturally, or otherwise. Next, do a Christological reading. Think about how this passage should be understood in light of Jesus. Using a gospel lens, how does this passage take on new meaning? How are you reminded of Christ while reading this passage? Finally, do a third reading for personal application. How does this passage now apply to you personally? Now for the commentary. The opening of Nebuchadnezzar's letter seems shockingly reminiscent of Paul's letters to the early churches. In those, he begins, grace and peace to you. It is clear that something incredible has happened in the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, and not just witnessing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survive the furnace. He writes that he had another dream, and brings Daniel in to interpret it. Clearly, Daniel has earned the trust and maybe even the friendship of the king. Daniel laments that this dream is of a coming judgment, should Nebuchadnezzar not change his ways. Notice that Daniel does not simply say that the king should stop sinning, but that he should also do righteousness, indicating that a neutral person is not what is acceptable to the Lord. The king, however, does not change, and we see him fall catastrophically. God chooses not to remove Nebuchadnezzar with a military coup or jealous advisor, but by stripping his mind and reason from him. Making him incapable of leading anyone ensures that the blame cannot be placed on any other people, but only on Nebuchadnezzar. Many commentaries say that he may have been like this for seven years, while some skeptics say things as short as seven days. However long it was, it is baffling to think that while Nebuchadnezzar was insane, his kingdom was not overtaken by invasion, greedy heirs to the throne, or other threats to his rule. God's grace on him and Babylon, even during judgment, is incredible. Now for an application question. It takes a significant crisis to bring Nebuchadnezzar to worship. What examples have you seen of God using a crisis in someone's life to draw that person closer to him. When you find yourself amidst a personal crisis, do you see it as the Lord drawing you to himself, or do you just resent it? <laughs>